we go. Thank you for checking out Only the Important Stuff. I am your host, Jeff Heinrich. Uh, I say it every episode, but it really does mean an absolute ton that you choose to spend any of your time with me or listening to this show. Uh, I also appreciate like the interaction with it and with me probably more than you know. Letting me know you liked an episode or if something hit home for you, anything along those lines. It, it's it, I'm beyond grateful um, that, that you do that and, and that you share it with other people. You know, however you choose to do that, it, it means the world to me, uh, without a doubt. Uh, on today's show, I am finally getting to connect with one of my dear friends from college. Uh, one of the guys that I feel like, personally, I felt like an instant connection with and spent so much time with. And, of course, one of the guys who made an appearance on the boys episode. Uh, he was my dude in college. The other half of the Holly twin, Twins equation. My brother from another mother. Mr. Ryan Holly, welcome to the pod, brother. How the hell are you doing? Jeff, man, it's so good to finally connect and get on this, man. I'm doing great. Doing really well. Love that. Love that. You just said your brother was in town. Was that like a 4th of July deal? Yeah. Yeah. He, they uh, they came up on uh, Monday. They drove up on Monday and it, with May and the, the kids, uh, boys and, and uh, Sierra. Yeah. And yeah, dude, apparently they don't like fireworks off in Texas, which you'd think in all the states in the United States, like you could blow off dynamite in Texas. But he's like, we we need to come up and show these boys what fireworks are all about. So Indiana, Hoosier State came through for them big time. Mortars, you know, little half sticks of dynamite. It was fun. Essentially. Yeah, man. That's wild to me that they don't do that in Texas. Right. Like they're all about, you know everything's bigger in texas right apparently not fireworks you can shoot an ar-15 or whatever else of your choice but uh you can't shoot fireworks that's insane like we can't do it in minnesota but everybody does it anyway it's illegal in minnesota yeah like the big ones we just go over to wisconsin buy them come back cops don't give a shit like they don't care yeah yeah Yeah, bigger fish to fry yeah like oh people having fun oh no Mm. You know, let's crack down on that. <laughs> Look at this midlife uh, father just getting out of control in suburbia, America. Yeah. Slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> Settle down, dude. You're going to give yourself a heart attack. 100%. <laughs> like the only thing that, 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 that it's harming is like dogs, right? And like their psyche. That's oh, all. man. It's messing them up all over this country. Sure. It's funny. I, it's funny we say it's, uh, you know, the danger around it. My, uh, we were throwing bottle rockets and I was like, guys, this is what you don't do. And the thing blew up like right by my left hand and lit my burned a little hole in my shirt. The you know the the wick got on my shirt. Sure, burned a hole on it, and the boys thought it was hilarious. So you almost so, you almost became uh, what, what was it, Jason Pierre Paul? Yeah, almost <laughs> three fingers. Just you, 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 it is a bottle rocket. You could have cupped that thing, and nothing would have happened. You know, <laughs> in all likelihood, yeah, just a little burn, maybe. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. tell something tells me he had a mortar in his hand. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor yeah. guy. That stinks. That's tough. It's rough. Uh, well, hey, cheers to finally getting on here and doing this. Hey, look at us. Same cops. Nice, nice Yeti, buddy. <laughs> That's what's up. What are you drinking tonight? Anything exciting? No, just a, a little Tito's and, and LaCroix. A little low-cal, you know, 43 years old, Jeff. Got to keep the uh, the calories uh, sensible yeah. when you can. Yeah, I'm essentially. What, what are you drinking? Same thing. Uh, vodka and what do you call it? A spin drift? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like those over like LaCroix or bubbly or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. The f- uh, Whole, Whole Foods. I don't know if you can rep brands on this podcast. Yeah, sure. Whole Foods, black cherry 
is so good. It's so good. Hmm. Knock, knock yourself out with some of those. Cause I, I tried to spin drift myself. I, maybe I just got the wrong flavor, but I'm still a, a black cherry whole foods guy. Okay. Three, six, five. Okay. Oh yeah. I'll give that a spin. Yeah. My flavors are uh, like lemon or lime and then grapefruit. That's good choices. What I, what I mix with the vodka. It's good, man. Solid choices. Tough to beat. Tough to beat. But yeah, super excited that, that, that you jumped on, man. Like, I know we've been trying to connect on this for a while and schedules and all that stuff, but God, dude, I am so excited to just like shoot the shit, catch up, talk, life, like you name it, right? Um, and I think like the thing I want to like fire off first was like you're the guy who helped me name Wyatt and or were with me when we named him, like however you want to call it, right? Like we went and got him together and then we roll him back in the car. We're like, what do we name him? I'm like, Wyatt, and you're like, fuck yes, that's so good. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, it, it was kind of a no-brainer at that age of life because all we, you and I would watch. I, I remember how many times specifically you and I sat down in your room and watched Tombstone. I mean, that was on that was on replay. I, oh, I remember vividly watching that with you in your room. Other people would be like, oh, we're going to go do something else. And you and I would sit down and watch Tombstone from, yeah. start, from start to finish. Hell yeah. It's, I, that is, I honestly... It's my favorite movie. It was on AMC the other night, and I or Paramount, one of those other channels, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a spin. What a movie! So good, holds up, right? Like just the the quotes. It's so quotable. Um, the characters, it, and it, honestly, like to me, like it's about like friendship, like more than anything, right? Like dudes just like being there for their for their guys, and obviously most of them are brothers, but like just being there for their guys, like no matter what. And yep, yeah, dude. Like on on both sides of the equation in that movie. For sure. For sure. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Yeah. I remember like, you remember getting him, getting Wyatt and like we got home and that was when the whole fucking finger sucking thing started. Cause I didn't have any food. Yeah, man. <laughs> so stupid. Hey, we did the best we could with what we had. <laughs> we did the best we could. That, Hey, that dog lived one heck of a life. That's for sure. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He was, he was, he was more popular than I think any of us were by far. Everybody by far. hundred percent. He's just the guy, the dog at the party. Right. And he, it was like, oh, oh, the things that guy saw. Yeah. is Wyatt and then flash. Like yeah. the two most popular people at Augustana. <laughs> flash was really, really popular. If I recall, man, oh, Sevy flash <laughs> flash just slide across the carpet. i'm so allergic to dogs now i can't it kind of stinks man i get around dogs or cats or anything really my my eyes puff up and i just can't be around them and that sucks because i love dogs like why it was a staple you know we had two dogs growing up Mm -hmm. and it's like i get around a dog now and it's like something happens to me and now i'm like watching the weather channel for tree pollen forecast and grass pollen i'm like what happened to me man getting old sucks it sucks so bad just the absolute worst uh, yeah i was gonna say like because I, I felt like you guys had dogs and you were a big dog dude like you yeah. like, like you were just as into Wyatt as anybody else oh man i love dogs we so buddy was our last dog yeah well it was we had my mom got a dog named tazzy and she was a little thing and but buddy was like the combination of ross and i's personality um 
and just, he was grumpy all the time. I remember we, uh, we had some friends over, uh, our senior year of high school and we used to run downstairs and buddy would get so mad and he would chase after Ross and I, and we'd jump away from him, whatever, <laughs> buddy, this dog would get like viciously mad. Yeah. Well, we were having, we had some, we were having a, you know, a party on, on a parents were away and some girl fell down the stairs um, and buddy thought she was running away from him. So he just starts off on a dead sprint down the stairs and starts biting her. And we're like, you got to get out of here. All right. You know? So I was like, yeah, buddy was, buddy was the man that he was just a good dog, man. He was just a funny dog, grumpy, but cool to hang out with. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's uh, it's too bad that you're allergic now. Yeah. So clearly no animals running around your house nowadays. None, none. And then my son, you know, fortunately we, we found out three weeks ago, he was at the neighbor's house. He comes home and he'd been playing for like three hours and his right eye was like swollen shut. And this was right before a baseball game. And I'm like, dude, what's wrong with your eye? He's like, yeah. Oh, the cat the cat was laying on me or we were watching super Mario <laughs> brothers or whatever. And uh, I'm like, so did you think to like, like leave? Was it itching? And he's like, no, nah, I just, I just toughed it out. So then he went to a game and, could barely see out of his right eye. I was like, okay, you got it, bud. Cats, cats will do that, man. Like it took me, like we have one, uh, but God growing up, I was, I always thought I was deathly allergic to him. Cause I'd walk into a house and like the eyes would water itch, scratchy throat, all that shit. But now that we've got one, I think I'm okay. Yeah. Build some know. immunity up. Yeah. yeah. It's probably more that than anything. Like it wasn't necessarily an allergy. It was just, getting acclimated to it i don't know you, you know my mom said that she never she was allergic all growing up but she just toughed it out she's like and then when buddy and tazzy were gone she's like it, it was like a new life for me i could breathe again and my eyes weren't burning sure. like man you went through that for 15 20 years however long it was for us thank you mom hell yeah well they're worth it sometimes right Mm-hmm. right for sure why well, you, why it was that's for sure hell yeah if you ever need one i got like a couple to spare so just let me know. All right. Roger that. Shit. Um, I mean, like, I also think, like, right, like, there's, like, a circles within circles of your life, right? And, like, we obviously had, like, a super tight circle um, at Augie. But, like, to me, like, I always kind of looked at you as, like, whether or not it was a choice or not. Like, you were, like, my dude, right? Like, we would always end up, like, together. Um, usually going in like the same direction, right? Like you were my guy, right? And we never roomed together, like minus the moon towers, right? But like I was kind of like gravitated towards towards you. Like obviously loved hanging out with everybody else, but I felt like we would find ourselves randomly more often than not, like being in the same path, right? Like going down the same direction. Did you feel that way or was it just- I absolutely. I'm curious. Why did you think that? Why do you think that was? Cause I agree with everything you just said. Um, whether, whether it was, there was a party going on and you and I would end up, you know, uh, hanging out, just chatting about whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, during a ball game or even when we roomed together in, uh, the, the moon tower, like, why do you think that was? Oh man. Like, I don't like, getting super philosophical i don't know right like you know ross kind of always was um i don't want to say like doing his own thing but you know ross is a real strong personality right and is very convicted in 
uh, you know, what he wants and where he's going to go and what he's going to do. And like him and, and like Ted was just kind of his own character. And then Andy was obviously like super quiet. Right. And so like, I felt like we were just very similar. Like we were super yep. similar. And then like, I don't know, man, like I'd get moody and shit. Right. And like, not want to talk. And like, you were always okay with that. And like, not everybody else was and vice versa. Right. Like, I think like sometimes like you'd have your up and down days and I was cool just sitting there and not like diving into it. It's just like, Hey man, sometimes we just got to like be in the same room, you know? Yep. Yep. That, that was kind of like always my, I don't know. And like, then obviously we just liked a lot of the same shit. Like we were in the same music. We were, you know, like, yeah, like it, a lot of things just aligned between us. And like, it, it led to that where it was like, man, I spent so much time with that guy. Like when I was just thinking about this, I'm like, man, he was my guy. I know that. Like I've always known that, but I don't think I ever like put it into words. Right. Or like yeah. put it out there, but like you were my dude. <laughs> well, hearing you, hearing you say that, man, it like brings back so many different memories for me too. It's like, yeah, I, I think what you just nailed it. We were just good being around each other. There was no expectations. It was just yeah. like, I, I knew that if you wanted to watch a show, whatever it may be, Dawson's Creek, what up? <laughs> you know, I don't want to wait. Oh, you know, I, we would just chill. And you know, the, the good thing about hanging around you was there's was always going to be a Domino's pizza ordered at some point in the night. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, you know, like the emotional intelligence, I don't know if we, that's getting too philosophical or too uh, technical about things, but it's like you and I were on the same wavelength of just like, Hey, now's just a night to just like not talk or now's a night to not really get too, uh, uh, over, over, over intense or, or, sure. or it's not, it's not one of those all funny kind of nights. It's just, just, I just want to be, yeah. um, I, and I, I would, I don't know, man, it just felt like you and I were more just middle of the road. You know what I mean? Just sure. always, always kind of trying to keep things even keel. hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Um, you know, we like, and I talked to Ross right about this, right? Like you're obviously a twin, right? And I always thought like, man, it's so cool to have like your, your, you know, ready-made built in best friend for life. Um, and I thought that that would be so awesome. Right. And then like hearing like kind of like some of the potential struggles, right. It's like, Oh shit. Like there's more to that equation, obviously. Like, and that was kind of like eh, of me to not like recognize that at times, but like, what was it like for you growing up with like a, a best friend, a rival, right? Like whatever, right. Like the yeah. guy that you're, you know, he's with me forever. Right. What was that yeah. like? It was, un it was amazing. Like, and the story, it. it was, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were things about me that he was like, man, that drives me nuts. And there were certainly things about him that drove me nuts. But, you know, I, you can't really put into words that there's always someone who gets you and always someone who, you know, you said ready-made, built-in. It's, it, it, it's really hard to put into words what having a twin brother. And I, and I get, like, not all twins are close. I've seen the exact opposite where, sure. you know, maybe they are rivals or maybe whatever. But I think our parents did a really good job of, like, um, raising us in a loving household and mm -hmm. respecting each other and our sister and our parents. And, you know, if, if you raise children right, you don't, they don't really stray too far. And I think no matter how <laughs> weird things can get moment by moment or situation by situation, if you have that grounding, um, 
you know, you can always get back to center, which Ross and I always did very quickly, even yeah. if he gave me a concussion in, you know, what, what was that? Stavig or what, what was the name of that? Grant, Grant scale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's uh man, that punch hurt hard, man. That, that thing hurt, but you, we always got back to center. For we sure. got back to center because he knew I loved him and I knew right. he loved me. And is he a passionate and intense individual? Absolutely. And I love that about him. Yeah. You know? Well, and you were too, right? Like, uh, it's, it, it's not like you're just this, you know, whatever, I don't give a shit guy, right? Like you're obviously, you know, passionate and intense about like the things that matter to you as well. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, I think that just the difference in that emotion was like, for whatever reason, I can't explain why mine seemed to feel at least feel more under control. Now there were things that when it went off, it went off and there was, yeah. you know, there was no coming back from that feeling that you had, but for whatever reason, I was just, you know, made and created to, to have a little bit, a little bit more of a leash on it. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but don't get me wrong. It, when it, when the, when the lid got screwed off, it was, <laughs> it was the same, it was the same person, Ross and I, <laughs> right. you know, for sure. So I, I just, man, it was, it was awesome. Like having a twin brother, you know, from, from, um, just talking about a variety of things to competing with each other athletically to, um, you know, being curious about different things together at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're wrestling with the same things basically at the same stage of life. Yeah. Not a lot of people can, you know, I mean, think about how many friends people have that they can say, Oh, you're, you're going through the exact same thing as me right now. I mean, right it's hard to put into words. Yeah. It's just not right. Like most people don't have that. Right. And have that ability to have someone to bounce things off of talk to and like, have like that genuine deep understanding. And, and, and anytime you needed something, whether it was, you know, uh, Hey, I want to go play catch or I want to go, I want to, I want to go take some ground balls or I want to go play some hoops or, you know, I need to, I need to, some dudes messing with me. Some girl broke my heart. Sure. Whatever it was like, I knew he was right standing right there. Ready to go. Absolutely. You know, and I don't mean that in a nefarious way. I just mean he's ready to prop me up and help me out and get me through it. hundred percent, man. Right. Like that's, it's what your friends are supposed to be there for, right? And obviously your brother more so, right? And yeah, 100%. Um, he, he, I do got to say, like, he, he talked about how you would mow a lawn. And I absolutely respect that move on your part. <laughs> Dude, it, he would, yeah. The, he talked about, too, did he use the words half-ass? Yeah, it, like you, yeah. your lines yeah. weren't straight. Sometimes you wouldn't even finish. You'd go in and take a break, and he would just finish it, and then he'd come in and yell at you. And <laughs> yeah, he, I, I'll tell you what his his attention to detail is like second to no one. And I'm sure he got that from my dad. Right? Sure. I'm sure he did. Um, but it's funny because full circle, just this week before he was coming, I'm out mowing the grass, and Savannah, my six year old daughter wanted to, she wanted to get on the rider with me. So she jumped on and, and she's, we're cutting, you know, cutting the grass. And I'm like, Savannah, follow the line, follow the line. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, why? And I'm like, cause uncle Ross will say something. So she's following the lines. So funny how that works. Did he say something? 
<laughs> no, like, he, lines no, look he, good. He, 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 first thing he said when he got out of the truck was, you know, hey, good to see you, obviously. And then he gave me a hug, and then he was like, yard looks good. I was like, <laughs> thank God. I passed the test. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, you had you, you could have just been, hey, that was Savannah's section. Right? Yeah. That was not me. All right. Oh. <laughs> She she's got she's got a lot of a lot of his personality in her man really a lot. It, it she is it's uncanny how much she is like him. I see it. I see her interacting with other kids. I see her interacting with. I um, mean, she has got a lot of him in her. And I'm like, sweet. This will be a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially as a woman, right? Like yeah. Just. <laughs> Very strong headed, right? And like determined and opinionated and is going to go where they want to go and get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Absolutely. Uh, what were like some of the uh, stupider and or funnier things that you two would like butt heads on growing up? Dude, I, it was like the pettiest of stuff. The, the most petty things would set it off. Always is. And, and I, I, I vividly remember when we were living in Colorado, sophomore year, it was July, and we were taking, we, we went out to throw each other batting practice. And we're on at Air Academy High School. We're, we're throwing, I'm throwing batting practice to him. I'm not hitting like the, his spot that he wants me to hit. <laughs> even though there were strikes and, you know, he starts getting mad and he's, you know, starts running his mouth. Dude, I got in, I ran off the field. It was, uh, mind you, 95 degrees, sweltering hot. Sure. We're both, you know, shirts off, drenched in sweat. And that was before everybody talked about hydrating yourself, right? <laughs> this, this, this generation, Jeff, I'll tell you what, but hydrate, hydrate. I get it. I get in our little 1994 Nissan four by two pickup and I drive it onto the field and I'm like, I'm going to mow him over right now. I'm going to run him <laughs> over. I drove it through the left field fence, not like through it. Like there was a gate sure. and start chasing him down. Uh, <laughs> and this is all over the strike zone, Jeff. It's all over the strike zone. And I, Hey, I ran over his Colorado state Rams hat mm. and then it was on, it was on like that. Like not the fact that I tried to yeah. kill him with a truck. Correct. But the fact that I ran over his, his, you know, Colorado State. A hundred percent. Like, how, like yeah. Now, and, and quit then, trying you know to murder Jeff, me. Be, you I, ran I, over I, my hat. <laughs> hey, and I'll be honest. You know, and I can say this now as a 43-year-old man. I never wanted to fight him. I knew he was, like, way, <laughs> way tougher and just meaner, you know? Yeah. And I saw, I saw that look in his eyes, and I'm like, oh, man, we're going to go at it. And <laughs> yeah. we, went at, we went at it for probably two or three minutes. Punches were thrown. Faces were, were hit. And then it was just done, you know? It was like it was done. Like one of us said, this is stupid. It's hot out. Let's go get some water and get out of here. <laughs> right. And I, I, that's the best part of like be, growing up as like a dude. Um, you know, yeah, like with man. your friends. You, you, the, the situation is never perfect, right? Like, the, And you're always going to run into like, hey, we're button heads. And it, it's usually a wrestling match or, you know, some punches are thrown. But. Five minutes later, it's like, you want to go get some ice cream? Yeah, exactly. You know, let's get out of here. I, I remember we went up to the shop at on the Air Force Academy and grabbed a, you know, like a big gulp or you know some yeah. Gatorade, and we were done. And you know, he gave me, he was like, next time throw throw it inside. He wanted it inside, low in it or 
no medium medium low inside I, I i remember him talking all that trash i'm just like dude take it easy you <laughs> well, know also you you don't get to ask the pitcher where to throw the ball oh also <laughs> he's like you're the one who got in the car and drove after me i'm like good point <laughs> It just it goes from something so stupid like hit your spot to fuck you hit the ball to you know fuck you you suck. All right, well I'm getting in the car, <laughs> dude. I you know I I don't I don't um, I don't have a whole lot of memory about playing baseball younger ages like not a not a bunch of vivid memories. Yeah, but I, re- I remember like we were in Hayes, Kansas, and I threw a no hitter the first night that we we played. And then two days later, this is back when, you know, again, you could pitch two days after you just threw, you know, 80, 90 pitches. Yep. And I had another no hitter going and it was like the seventh inning. He was playing shortstop and guy hit it. Ball was hit to his right. And I've seen my brother make that play. You, you saw that play in the Metrodome. Yeah. Obviously, but this is seventh grade and he, he, he muffed it. And I went over, I went over, he, he picked the ball up and he came over and he said something to me and I'm like, you just screwed up that no hitter for me, you know? And he, that look in his eyes again. And I was just like, I remember being so mad at him, but I was like, why did I just piss him off? (laughs) Hayes, Kansas, man. It was so hot there too. Yeah. So you, so you guys grew up, yeah. Or spent most of your youth in uh, Colorado Springs. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think about 13 years there. Yep. Yeah. And, And when did you move to South Dakota? Senior year of high school, Jess. Talk me through that. Right? Like, I don't feel like I talked to Ross about that much, right? But like, what was that transition like for you? Devastating. Yeah. Devastating. Um, I moved in seventh you know, grade, and it was the end of the fucking world. Yeah, senior year was devastating because you know it was, um, you know, we we both were in a good spot athletically. Uh, I had a very serious girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. and when you're at 17, you don't know anything about you. Right. But you know, it was, I just, it was devastating and you know, having to uproot all of your friends. Yeah. I mean, we had such amazing friends in Colorado Springs and to uproot that uproot that and then just start over. Like it just, it, it honestly, it started this callous, this callus on my heart that I didn't realize was getting formed sure. um, that you deal have to deal with later in life. Um, but I guess the best way to put it is it was devastating. And in hindsight though, I'm, I'm glad my parents made the decision that they made, you know, um, I, I can't explain why, and I don't really know why, but I, I feel like it was the right thing in hindsight, but at, in the moment, man, dude, it, it was like, I remember them saying, like, you, you want to go to Washington, D.C., Kuwait, or dad retires and goes, goes to South Dakota. And we're like, what's, what's D? What's, op- what's option four? <laughs> you know? Yep. And I remember we lobbied pretty hard to stay with somebody, and we lobbied hard. And, you know, to my dad's credit, I just – now being a father, I get it. And I'm sure you you understand it too, but – he was like, no, we're not breaking up our family. You're getting, you're getting in the car and you're coming with us. And that's the end of that. Um, and, and as a kid, you just, you know, you, you listen to your parents and, um, again, hindsight, my parents made the right decision. Sure. You know, they, they, they 
did what was best for our family. And more importantly, they kept that loving connection continued and formed. And was it hard? Absolutely. I mean, man, it sucks. South Dakota or South Dakota from, from Colorado absolutely was a, is an eye opener, but here's, here's the thing. The people in South Dakota were freaking awesome. That's good. The people, the people there were so nice. They were so good. They were good people. Um, so yeah, but at the moment when you're 17, you're just like, good. Is, is this Armageddon right now? Like, is this the end of the world? Like what's going on here? What's well, all you know, right? Like you, you lack perspective at that age on everything, everything, you know, you, you have no like real world experience. It's just, you know, the only world that exists is the one you walk every day. Right. And yeah, I mean, I know cause we, when we moved from Arizona to Minnesota, uh, which was what year? I was in uh, seventh, eighth grade. My sister was going to be a junior when they moved. And they, I, I think, I, at least I've heard that the conversation took place uh, where she was going to stay with somebody else. And I think she probably wishes that that would have gone down. Obviously, that would have fucking sucked for us. And I, I'm assuming my parents were probably very similar uh, to yours and that they're like, no, you know, you're coming with us. Um, but it was awful for her. Like I, I felt terrible for, her. you know, you still do just because she moved to a small town and, you know, here's this five foot 10 blonde girl walking in as a junior, obviously I, made zero friends, right? Like they uh, all, like everybody instantly hated her, you know, and it took, it just, that's not enough time for girls. To, no, not even close. To build those connections and build those relationships. And so, yeah, as soon as she graduated, she was like, peace out. I'm, Jeff, I'm curious, like, when she talks about that experience, though, and how it's benefited her in her career and in relationships, like, has she has she cited any benefits? Um, You know, I think she's – she has – I don't want to speak for her, but I will echo kind of what you're saying where, like, the moving – uh, and the breaking down of like those relationships or the ripping out of those relationships without like a natural falling apart of them, right, does start to build up like some hardness um, on your soul. Where, yeah, I know for me personally, like everything, you know, it just takes time to get to know me, <laughs> you know, like I'm not yeah. like uh, the easiest guy to be around if I don't know you, right? And I, Part of that is because I've been in so many different places and it's similar for her. She's just, she's moved around a lot like me. And so she's used to having to, you just kind of like start to protect yourself a little bit. So it takes a long time for people to break through. Um, But once they're in right now as an adult, it's like, I never want to let them go. Right. Like whatever it takes. Right. And it's not, Oh God, we always have to be together. It's just, I always want to try to make sure I'm staying in touch with those people that matter to me. Um, and I, she's the same way. She still keeps in touch with her friends from Arizona. She made some good friends up in Baltimore, Houston, you know, you name it. Right. So I think it's benefited her and you, and you and myself similarly in that, like we were all, uh, very willing to, be mobile professionally, right? And take leaps because we've been through it 
there's not this fear of the unknown and like, holy shit, yep. what do I do if I leave? You know, like you didn't have an anchor uh, attached to you. Yep. You know, you're willing to kind of like take a leap and kind of see where it goes and see where it can take you. And not a lot of people are willing to do that. You know, you just articulated that better than I could have ever uh, explained it. <laughs> well, well said. Thanks. Um, but it's true though, right? Like how many people do you know, like that they, they, they hear of opportunities or find them and it's like, Oh, but it's, I got to move and I don't have my support. You know, it, it prevents a lot of that. I mean, Jeff, I've talked to so many people cause I'm the, you know, I'm like your sister. I said, yes. And that moved me along quickly Same. in my career. Yeah. And I talk to people all the time and they're, you know, what would you, what are your goals? What are your targets? Like, what are you aiming for here? And mm -hmm. you t they, they say it and you're saying, well, here's what may be required of you. And, you know, they say, well, you know, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to move. I don't know if I want to do this. And it's like, that's cool. Like completely. Okay. Totally. That's your choice. Understand that you may need to readjust your target then. And, and or change your perspective on what it is you want to accomplish. Yep. Um, not saying that every, every path needs to be this one that is this, you know, zigzag back and forth and move all around. But um, there's certainly opportunity at a more advanced clip if you're willing to sacrifice and, mm -hmm. and, and move around. For sure. Yeah. It, <clears throat> and that, you know, like a, I look at that like in a couple ways. Like that sucks in some respects. Um, like if you find a company you really like and you want to work for them, right? Like there's not opportunity there for you, you know, to kind of like stay put and like just kind of keep climbing on a somewhat of a set path. But like, look, like that's just the way the world works, right? It's a pyramid. There's only so many spots up and, you know, it it can't be. So you have to like job hop right and or location hop within that yep. company like it and some people just don't want to like take that leap man and it sucks for them but at the same understandable. time like you're making that decision because like that's what matters more to you is being around you know that matters to you and you're not i don't want to say not willing to let go of it um but you just don't know what that's going to feel like yep and it's completely understandable. hundred percent, man. You know? Cause it is scary. It, it is scary. <laughs> it is scary. You know, you, you go from Kansas state, graduating Kansas state, go to Sioux Falls, go to <laughs> Omaha, go to Kansas city, go to Wichita, go to Colorado Springs, go to Chicago, go to Indianapolis. Yeah. It's a lot of moving. It's In a lot of moving 20 years, right? Roughly. Yeah, not even twenty years. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, it is twenty-one years now, Jeff. You're right. You're I like, old. Like, I feel like it's been twenty. <laughs> I feel like you're not thirty-seven. Oh man! But it's, that's a lot, right? Like for anybody in a lifetime, let alone post-college, right? And you know, yeah, but you know what, dude? I, I again, like another gift. I don't, man. I thank God for this gift. Like, I, I feel like I've always looked at the world not for what it is, but for what it will be. Mm -hmm. And, and whether that was baseball, whether that was friendships, whether that was career opportunities, like uh, for whatever reason, I don't see what's in front of me. Like 
like because of, of what's in the past. Like I don't see it for what it is right now. I see it for what it will be. And that that's, that's been a, an extremely valuable gift that I don't know where that came from other than God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's, I, it's hard to explain just in that so many people you talk to, they just see the hierarchy that you just kind of described. And for the listeners, Jeff just made a pyramid with his arms. Um, he did the A of YMCA. He, he made the A of YMCA. And it's, you know, well, there's only so many opportunities available above me. So if you're listening to this right now and you're, you're thinking, man, I just see this linear path upward and it only exists through step A, B, and C. I, I want to encourage anybody listening to this that that's not how it works. Like no. I, I, A, X to B, you know, A, Z to B, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's this zigzag thing that just has, it's a beautiful a way of rounding out your skill set. that, man, I yeah. just, yeah. I don't know why I see the world that way, but that's how I see it. Even, even in front of me now as, as an older guy. Yeah. Progress to, to your point, progress is not a straight line. Right, like no. pick, pick a company that's publicly traded. Go look at their last year, and you're going to see this, you know, up Zip. and down, all over, heck and back. But over the course of the year, it went up, right, by a couple percentage points, right? Yep. Like that's that's what progress looks like. You 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 might have to take a lateral move to move up, or you might hey, you might have to like change companies, take a step back, kind of like get your foot in, and then take steps up, right? Like that that's life, man. Like in, you know, uh, one of my buddies had a, had a guy on and he said, so many people are scared to do this and or scared to take those chances. And it's unfortunate because your, your survival rates a hundred percent because you're still here. Right. Like you're going to be okay. Right. Amen. It, it, the, the game's not over in a month. Well said, Jeff. Right? It's over at the end of the road, like wherever that is for you, whenever that might be, you know, so like quit worrying about six months from now or a year from now, like just keep going. Right. And be willing to take some of these weird chances, these offbeat beaten path kind of moves, whatever they might be, whatever they might be. And you'll get to where you're supposed to go eventually. You know, and I'm listening, I'm listening intently to what you're saying because you've had your life flash before your eyes. And, uh, sure. That's, that's the model you live by. Hey buddy. So you were, I mean, I don't know, man. I was Jeff. That's good advice, bud. Yeah, we were, I think we were both like on that, like weird. Oh, so driven. So like, you know, what's the next step? Like, what's my title? You know, how much money am I making? And it, wasn't because I gave a shit about money. I thought like it was just like this weird form of validation. Like I made it, or I'm doing well. I'm doing things right. Uh, like, no, you were con- you were convinced it matters. You were convinced yeah. it matters. Just like just like I've been, and just like I have to fight the temptation not to fall into. Yeah. Um. You know, through the rest of my career, it's like there's this temptation to conform to everything around you. That's just like, well, success looks like X, Y, and Z. Yeah. No, no, that's not what it looks like. Like success is having a podcast with your best buddies jumping on and expressing the love that you have for all your friends and all of the memories and the relationships that you have. 
that's success. It's not, oh, well, hey, Jeff, hey, what's your net worth, bro? You right. know, it's like that, that. No, that's a that's yeah. I mean, the the world is good at tricking everyone into believing that that's what matters, and it it isn't. I can tell you that firsthand, my friend. No, no, hundred percent, man. You know, like you, you, we. This has turned into a uh, uh, borderline douchebag podcast advice. Yeah, we gotta guy. we gotta move back to right. something funny. But and like good. you know, like success is how you define it. Right. And if, 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 if all the batters use money, great, go for it, man. It's still not a linear path, but if, if you can find like happiness and other things, like you'll be way better off and not so consumed with some of that bullshit. Um, yeah. So what yeah, was, we'll, we'll jump off the douchey stuff here. Yeah. I am telling your, your listeners though, right now, if you're chasing after money, rethink your strategy. It for doesn't sure. work. No, you, you will end. It will end in destruction. Stop. Drop and roll. <laughs> Stop, drop and roll. Because <laughs> you're, yeah, because you're on fire right now. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Jeff, switch the topic, man. This sucks. What was your first day of high school like in South Dakota? <laughs> oh, so funny. We pulled into by, by uh, Madison High School. Yeah. In South Dakota, again, just lovely people, awesome place, best people on earth. Um, outside of the people at Augustana College and Kansas State University. Um, Shared, shared high, the high school shared a parking lot and a building with the middle school. My first day of high school, the only memory I have from that were two. One, we parked our car and some kid who looked like he was five parked next to my brother and me and Ross was driving. Ross gets out of the car as a senior in high school, says, there ain't dents on my car, you're dead after school. <laughs> That was memory one. That was memory. That was memory one. Memory two, man, we walked around, we did a lap around the high school and we kind of looked at each other and I was like, I didn't see any, I didn't see any talent. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) It's always what you want to know. And, and we both kind of looked at each other like, Oh no. Now, here's the thing, you know, there was obviously talent. So, For you know, sure. if anybody ever from Madison hears this, there was obviously talent. But we were just like, what did we just get into? Yeah, That was it. That was the first memory of, of uh, first day of high school in Madison. But no, like, people made you feel awkward or, like, who are these guys? Which is good. Like if no, you don't I mean, have not really, not really, Jeff. But it, when you're two kids, two twin boys – from a different state coming into a small town, South Dakota school mm-hmm. for the last years. Yeah. Yeah. Of course people were all looking at you and, you know, 100%. wondering what you're all about. And yeah. What's what, what are these guys like? And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. Now, did you guys play like summer ball up there that summer or. Yeah. Um, great story around that. Um, I don't really want to dog anybody on your podcast, but we went to the, we, we showed, we moved there in May, early June okay. and the Madison Legion team, because South Dakota requires you to play in your area. Mm-hmm. We, we go to the tryout at the Legion, uh, the Legion field. My dad set that up and the coach was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try them out real quick. 
we go to the field, which looked like a goat ranch. I mean, Jeff, worse than any yeah. golf course in I'm trying to think of a terrible place no, to play golf. Welcome to like, rural America baseball fields. They're generally yeah, goat cow pastures. Ranch, right? Awful. And the guy goes, okay, well, now I want to see how you guys can hit. And he has five baseballs in his hand. And four of them are probably pla- those little plastic balls. Remember those things? Sure. And he goes out halfway between the mound and home plate, and he tells Ross to, to step up to plate. And Ross goes, where's your L screen? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy goes, what? He goes, where's your L screen? He's like, uh, I'm not going to use one. He goes, well, then you're going to die. <laughs> I don't remember what happened after that. I just remember going home and it was crisis in the hallway family. It was crisis. And we were like, we can't play here. Like, I, I look, well, there was not, we weren't special. We weren't special, sure. but we were adult males hitting baseballs very hard. Sure. And this idiot wanted to like lob it in there and not have an L screen to protect himself. <laughs> So we quickly pivoted, went and played post 15 for, for a month. Okay. Uh, which post 15, uh, is the Sioux Falls Legion yeah. team go to post 15 and we were having a summer buddy. I, and I was going to say you had to have, right? We were, we were having a summer. There were no hitters abound and winning everywhere. And, um, the, uh, the, a couple of teams got together, Aberdeen, Rapid City. Mm-hmm. You know what? I won't name them all. Those are the two heavyweights, right? Yeah. Um, they went to the commissioner and said, those guys don't live in, in Sioux Falls. They shouldn't be playing anymore. Oh, So we got, we got yanked out of our state playoffs because we didn't live in, in uh, Sioux Falls. That's they went, they, they sent their commissioner, Jeff, how, tell me how much garbage this is. This is high. These are high school kids. We're high school kids. Yeah. We're 17 years old. They sent someone to my sister's apartment in Sioux Falls. Cause she was an Augustana student staying there over the summer and said, are Ross and Ryan here? Wow. And she goes, well, no, they're at their parents' house in, in Madison. That was it. That was the end of playing Legion ball in South Dakota. And we got into a Babe Ruth team that was really legit, man. These guys were good. Where like was we won, that se- we won several national tournaments with this team, Babe Ruth and Sioux Falls. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so then you're just kind of traveling around. Did they have like a high school? Did, did Madison no, have a no high school? No high school team? baseball. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're telling me. We moved from Colorado yeah. where high school baseball was everything. Legion was nothing. And then you played travel ball in the summer. And then there was no high school baseball. It was just like, well, what do we do then in the spring? They're like, well, you run track. Like, well, no thanks. That doesn't sound fun to us. It's called exercising. I'll yeah. pass. <laughs> I, I'm good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't work out as a sport. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that was a weird summer, man. That was a weird summer. I just, you know what? The only thing like that I, I remember driving up to Aberdeen to watch the post 15 Sioux Falls team play um, from Lake Madison. And I'll never forget the amount of bugs we hit on my mom's car on the way up to that game. Sure. I've never seen bugs like that. Like we grew up in Colorado, man. It was, it was dry. like no bugs. And it looked like we were driving through snow 
it was hot, it was humid, and our car was just covered in bugs. I'm like, how does this even possible? <laughs> yeah, how, how I don't know why that I don't know why that memory sticks with me so here? much. For sure, man. Um so so you so that was like junior year going into senior year. Yep. Was that where you got recruited then? Like how especially without uh a spring high school baseball season. I don't really remember the recruiting process much, to be honest with you. Um, I remember, you know, no Babe Ruth between God, I no, I couldn't speak to that. I don't know. I don't, I really don't remember it. I remember the recruiting trip to Augustana, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I think it was, it was spring into the summer. We had to have known. I mean, I, I should gut check this with Ross, but we had to have known where we were going. Like there were a few letters in the mail, obviously. Um, between junior and senior year, but I don't recall it like getting, we might've committed early in the spring or late in the fall of senior year, but there, I just don't remember that recruiting process. I really don't. Hmm. I was going to say, cause I, I wonder if like, I, I, well, I feel like you guys were probably getting some interest out in the Springs prior I, to leaving. Uh, no, probably not, man. It was really? more like, uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, God, yeah, I just don't remember it. I, I remember getting uh, like junior college letters in the mail, but recruiting just was so, so disjointed back, back then. And yeah. yeah, it's so different. Like you think of, you talk to Ross, you hear about what, how he can connect people who are like two years old to like Duke in North Carolina, you know, it's like. <laughs> I don't, I, I, how did, how did we, how did we get by Jeff? Yeah. I find that. So like, it's such a twist of fate and just like, so, you know, so lucky, right. For us, right. That essentially like these two aliens just got put into the middle of South Dakota with nowhere to play. And you guys just ended up at Augie. Cause like you shouldn't have been there right away. Right. Like that. You just, you went from like, people were like, where'd they go? Like shit, I guess, I guess they're gone, and then you guys are just randomly on some farm town in South Dakota. It, it, man, nothing random, nothing random. I we thought the same thing of you and Ted and Andy. I remember the first time I saw you guys, I was like, "Holy shit, man! These guys are huge!" <laughs> like, what they play? They make baseball players this big? I mean, you know, we we, we played some good ball in Colorado. There were some good good athletes sure. but I didn't have a I didn't have a six foot four right-handed friend named Jeff Heinrich <laughs> and I sure as heck didn't have a guy named Ted Nelson or Andy I mean my goodness yeah. Andy good gracious watching his hands in the first practice I'm like this guy's hands are different yeah and I'm pretty sure we talked about that on the on on the you know oh. uh podcast and the I've heard I would listen to your podcast with him I don't think he ever understood how good he was no, clearly. Right. God, I loved I loved watching him play so much. Man, I loved watching him. I know everybody loved watching him hit. I loved watching him play first base. It was it, he made first base look so easy that it was like so effortless, and he did it so well that you didn't notice it. Right, like he made the hard plays like just very nonchalantly. Right, like yeah. picking balls, 
uh, you know, low throws, like super tight one hoppers, right, that are a little, like, sketchy at times. And, like, it was never a concern, right? And, you know, he'd, he'd hit those. He'd turn two from first, like, with ease all the time. Like, it was just – he made it look so – He was just, it was so calming over there. On the field, it was calming, but off the field in practice, like, I remember the work that guy put in. I remember the work you put in. I remember the work Teddy put in. Ross, like, go up and down the line. Like, Ty Huber, watching him uh, float in center field, catch mm-hmm. balls. Savvy, how athletic he was. Omi, like, uh, like, how did Omi make what he had, what he was given? He was a freaking stud. Like, mm-hmm. these dudes were good. And I'm sure I'm leaving guys out here right now, and they're probably going to be pissed listening to it. Jake Hirsch, I remember watching him pitch. And just the command he had. Yeah. And it was like, man, these dudes are good. And yeah. there's other dudes out there that I'm not listening. I, I remember uh, Nate Benz mm-hmm. and Brett Damaro, TV. Um, give me a second to just keep keep routing off a couple of names. Wilbur. Right, Wilbur. Like, oh, Wilbur was so smooth. Yeah. So smooth. Like so Wilbur's, many good Wilbur's swing on the left side. My gosh. Like, you're talking, you put these guys all together. Like you said, aliens into South Dakota. We got into Augustina. I'm like, where'd all these aliens come from? Like, <laughs> these boys can play. You know? Sure, sure. Grubner, what an athlete. Allard, what a pitcher. I mean, mm-hmm. my God. Allard, the command he had of the strike zone and then four pitches. I feel like that guy threw like 17 pitches. But yeah. It was just one after another. Just watching you guys play was just a joy, man. It was fun. God, I, the fall at Augustana, and I know we're in high school, so we'll go back. But no, I, no, that, that, was, that was a joy, Jeff. It was a joy. I remember the first time watching you pitch and just unleashing. I'm like, man, that's some run on that two-seamer. Better get out of the way, boys. <laughs> it, I, it was cool, like, hearing Ross being like, I did not like hitting against you. I was like, really? Okay, cool. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. That's interesting. I didn't like I didn't like hitting against you and I didn't like hitting against Ross. Ted I didn't mind, but I knew Ted was gonna get me out. He threw me that <laughs> that big, big sweeping breaking ball. Um his it's I when I told him like, dude, that was like one of the better like breaking balls like I've ever like seen, and he's like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, what? Yeah, it was dirty. Come on, dude. You know, and, and here's the thing. I felt really comfortable. Grubner was another guy I did not feel comfortable against. His two seam ran hard. Um, and he threw hard. He threw really hard. Yeah. Um Allard, I always felt comfortable, but you always find yourself rolling a ground ball. You're like rolling over to the shortstop. And it's like I felt good at the plate, but he got me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a like a Maddox esque. Guy, he's right? a smart. He was a smart pitcher, man. Every love- pitch, like moved two inches at least, right? So like nothing, nothing was straight, right? And nothing was ever in the middle. It was always a corner, right? Like just yeah. catching a hair here or there, and he got the most out of his body that I think physically is you're capable of getting out of a human body, right? Like. Yeah. Every ounce, like every fiber of hair, like went into him throwing a ball, a ball, and it. He was he was a damn good fucking pitcher, man. He was a good he was a good pitcher, and it's end of that story, no yeah. question. <clears throat> and Grubner was, 
Rubner was really good too. He wasn't utilized enough. I feel like I, you know, again, we've learned so much about this game over the last 20 years. I would have stuck his arm up on the bump and said, just go fire 92 as hard as you can and see what you can figure out with, with your grips, you know? Yeah. Um, but we didn't have a pitching coach, you know, oh, Jeff, I know we, until Matt show got there. We didn't have a pitching coach. I know. And, I know. and, you know, like Matt was a, Matt was an outstanding pitcher himself. Like that doesn't make you a great coach, but right. like Matt did his very best to like, be like, Hey guys, move this ball around this way and try this. And we just, we had no guidance there. McCabe did the best he could. McCabe is a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and Benigno was just like, Throw that cheese or that government cheese, one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he always cracked me up. He always cracked me up. I didn't listening to some of the podcasts, I didn't realize that like he wasn't well received by others. Yeah, it, I just I never he never got on the pitchers. Like other than just like joking around. So, you know, I guess like maybe I could see that, right? Like if he was getting into somebody about, you know, fielding or hitting, like he probably could have been intense at times without a doubt, you know? Yeah. And so maybe some people didn't like that or didn't like that way of going about it. I don't know. know, Most, most people, if they could probably have it back, would probably choose to just chill out, you know, like it, it was too intense. Um, you know, who I thought was good at that was Brian hunt. Like he was an intense individual. Brian was an intense individual, but he knew when to just like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to lay off the accelerator here. That guy was a hell of a ball, but ball player, man. Yeah. He was a Brian hunt. D hunt. He's just a ball player. And right. Yeah. He's just a better person. Yeah. hundred percent. Like putting up with our. Do you remember playing water polo? Uh, when we played water polo? Yeah. Brian hunt was like amazing at water polo. (laughs) That guy's endurance was like no one else's. Yeah, his stamina was off the charts, which is crazy because he's like it's amazing that he could swim that well because he's like five four, unreal, short little legs, like but stayed above strong, water, strong as an ox. Yeah, and then you and then you had Sibo, who was just a mule. Man, he was big. Man, he caught a good game. That dude was a freak. I love playing with him. God, I love playing with Sibo. Just such a freak of an athlete. He made you feel so good when you were on the mound. You know, he'd come out and he'd, he'd, he'd run his mouth a little bit, but he would fire you up too. He just, he was a leader, just sure. a leader. Well, and just like from a catching perspective, I remember like never, I never worried about getting stole on ever. Like no. those, those first yeah. two years when he was there, like you didn't. The rest of the conference knew about him too. Yeah, like you didn't you, have you, to worry about it. You, I took you know, it. you know, you know who didn't get enough uh, of that uh, recognition? Phil Lang. Phil Lang was a good catcher. Oh, Phil was a dynamite catcher. Phil was a good catcher, man. He could stick it, and uh, you know, balls were moving, but he would stick it, and he would throw guys out. Like Phil Lang was a good catcher. I liked throwing him too. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, like so that like you're. You talked about like meeting us all for the first time. Like, what was your first? What are some of like those core memories from that first year, if you have any? Oh man, 
Um, I mean, I, you're, you're scared, right? You, you go into, into a new environment sure. and you're scared and you're just kind of like what to expect, but you guys disarmed that pretty quickly. Um, God, there were so many good ones, buddy. I don't even know where to start with, with like, that was such a good, good time of life. It was, um, going to the football games with the guys and selling programs. Oh shit. Forgot about that. You know, (laughs) it was, it was heading over to Wilbur's house. Wilbur, if you're listening to this, you were the freaking man. I hope you know that you were the man. It was going over to Sevy's house after the games it was Omi just like Omi had the world in his palm. Like he always seemed to have everything going on in front of him and he would always include us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like core memories were really just same as I've heard from other podcasts. Yeah. It's all baseball, man. It was baseball, baby. It yeah. was that, that, that 65 degree to six, you know, maybe 55 to 60 degree fall day. The sun was high. It was cool. Mm-hmm. You're out there playing baseball with your best friends, and there's some good baseball being played on a Friday afternoon. And then you get done, and you're like, "Now what, baby? Yeah, let's head up. Let's over, head over to the commons. Let's go get some food, and then let's go have a fun night." Yeah, I mean, and that was like rinse and repeat. Work was over, and let's let's get after it. Hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. You remember getting in the uh, in the. Uh, stretching in circles on Friday evenings, like Friday late afternoon when we'd have fall ball mm-hmm. and, and everybody was just like, what's going on tonight? Yeah. Where are we going? <laughs> what's going on? Oh. I mean, it, it was the best feeling because the coaches knew they didn't have our attention. Right. Like we all zoned in for two hours and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to get this from us, but know that our heads are elsewhere. <laughs> like we are, we are thinking about Mario Kart. Yeah, and watching college football and Where whatever the parties are. Yeah, like who's gonna? Wh- when are we playing Bond? Right, like what music are we listening to? Where are we going after that? Yeah, hundred percent, man. That was such a good time. Like, gosh, it was so fun. Oh, uh, oh, to be young, like to know, like there's a there's like a stupid saying, right? Like that. Uh, youth is wasted on the young right or like you don't know it's like the best time of your life till it's like over right just like how good that was like to just focus on baseball and then hang out with your best friends for you know three four years like it's so it's such like a cool experience i wish like more people got to experience that because high school's super fun and exciting but you know you're still under like that umbrella of your parents and it's not as intense and you know, I I don't know, man, like it's so cool doing it at the college level and just like all of it that goes into it. It it, it seemed perfect to me. Like I, I did my fall, fall baseball that freshman year was like, is this, I mean, is this, yeah. I mean, how can you not be addicted uh, addicted to this? Like Mm -hmm. how in the world can you not be, committed to getting, you know, getting better at your craft. And Oh, by the way, you get to have fun with your friends. Yeah. Like that was amazing. So much fun. So much fun. Uh, and then, so like, you know, we've talked like a Ross, Ross and I talked about, about how you guys ended up transferring to Kansas state, which was 
super like exciting, like sucked at some, in some respects, but also like super exciting. Cause like you guys were taking this next step. Like what went into that? Like from your perspective, like what was your decision-making process behind getting there or going there? Yeah, man. I think that, I think that, um, that started, that started with, um, the draft mm-hmm. and, you know, we, there were several, look, I can tell you as, as, as the, uh, I don't want to say the lesser of the two, but there were people calling us, telling us two top 20 round draft picks were coming. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, I, I, oh, I could even reverse it back one more year. Pause. Put a pin in that right now. <laughs> okay. So between sophomore and junior year, we went up to play in the Northwoods League. Yeah. I remember that. I came and visited you guys yep. a couple times. Yep. Went up and played in the Northwoods League. And I'll never forget we were in Mankato and there were three teams. There were three colleges there. And I won't say the names of the colleges, but they were major division one colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which we went to Kansas state. Mm-hmm. And there was also some pro scouts there that were friends with Brett McCabe. Mm-hmm. And we we're playing these, we we're playing the Mankato team mashers, I think was their name. Okay. And, um, Ross pitched a few innings and, and like they, they, it wasn't my night. Like it wasn't my night to pitch at all. But my coach was like, Hey, go get hot. I'm like for what? And he's like, just go get hot. And I came in in like the seventh inning and just mowed him down, mm-hmm. you know, seventh inning, eighth inning. See you later. The, the, after the game, there were a few college coaches that came up and started talking to us and Jeff. I mean, like, some of them, two of them were in the college world series Yeah, at that moment in time. Sure. And we were like, Oh my gosh, you're like star stricken. You know, you're like, well, yeah. what, what's going on? You know? Um, and then one of the pro scouts that was after Ross, not me came up and was like, who are those guys you were talking to? And Ross rattled off the names of the colleges And he goes, okay, okay. That very next day, we get a call from McCabe, and he goes, hey, if you're going to transfer to this school, this school, or this school, I won't release you. Damn. And I remember just thinking, yeah, dang, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's a tough, that's a tough deal. So, right. so that, that was the, that was the summer before and McCabe had us back. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're back junior year and he's like, it won't matter. You got enough on you. It won't matter. Mm-hmm. I knew I told you this on our, our uh, podcast with all the guys. I knew junior year that late April that it didn't apply to me. Maybe not April, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, it applied to Ross, not me. Mm-hmm. The the whole you're getting somewhere, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. When we were playing in Central Mo and uh, New York uh, a Yankee cross checker came up and was like, yeah. hey, man, uh, hey, Ross. And I was like, no, Ryan. And he goes, 
literally walked the other way. Didn't even like say, Oh, Hey, I'm so sorry. Sure. Like not even a decent human being, Jeff. Right. Not even a decent human being to be like, Hey man, sorry. Uh, good game or whatever. Yeah. And so that was like into our junior year. And then junior year, they were, we did, I remember doing a psychological test with a certain teams and they like, they give you these tests and you, you answer questions and mm-hmm. they're like, they're prepping you, not just for what they see on the field and whatever. And, um, you know, June 5th, we were back home in our parents' house in Madison and, we got a couple calls and they were like, yeah, I expect to go in the first 20 rounds. And we were like, okay, I went downstairs to take a nap, woke up like three hours later. Cause that's what college kids do. They take three hour naps <laughs> Just the and uh, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then we went, I think honestly, Jeff, if I'm being dead honest, I think it was an emotional reaction to something that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could have that back. I wish I could have that. Um, I wish I could have the moment to just let it sit and just sit on you for a little bit mm-hmm. and to think through it and say, okay, now I'm going to make a decision. But I, I think we, at that moment in time, when it did, when the draft didn't happen, you know, it was like, all right, well, there's three worthy colleges yeah, that are recruiting you. What are you going to do? So it was, it, it was a bit of a, we needed to be somewhere else to get more looks. Like, was that like the thought? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I right? don't think we believed like, because the whole thing that, that coach had told us and, and he was right. I mean, he really was. Um, I think coach McCabe is an awesome coach. And I think he's an awesome guy. Um, I think he was trying to preserve what he had going, which he had built something special, which should turn into, you know, years later, like, look at, look at the program for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was the, the, the foundation of a program that really made a run. Yeah. Um, but he was, yeah, man, I think he was just trying to keep things intact the way he saw them. And, yeah. um, back then in, in, in college sports, that was the, those were the rules. He didn't talk to others. Right. Right. Which is, now we look at it and it's like, man, that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It, how do you feel about like all that, right? Like the transfer portal. Um, and like, cause I, I obviously from your perspective, right? Like you had this opportunity and you were, you know, potentially denied it. However we want to like frame that. Right. Which sucks hundred percent. But then you just see so many kids also at the same, right? Like just being like, ah, this isn't working out. I got to roll. Right. Like it's, you know, and there's probably not a right, there's not a right answer and there's not a wrong answer. Right. Like it's just, it's the, it's just where we're at now that, that it happens. There's always a positive effect of something and then also a negative effect. Right. And I think the negative is clearly like you see these athletes who I didn't get what I thought I was going to get right away. So I'm going to go somewhere else so I can get it right away. Whereas in your all's situation, it was, here's this opportunity that would have helped, you know, potentially could have helped us take another step or two or whatever. And we were denied it. And it's good that that is now lifted in my opinion, right. To like not prevent athletes from getting to where they want to go. 
don't, I don't like it. I don't, Jeff, I, everything you just said makes total sense to me. And again, I have the, the wisdom of looking back in it in hindsight. And, um, I think it's a bad thing. I think it teaches kids and it, it teaches the next generation that if things aren't going your way, then you just bail. And honestly, that's what I did. You didn't get what you wanted bail. Um, and that was a bad lesson to learn early on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are unique circumstances that qualify. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's plenty of people that would listen to this and say, that guy's an idiot. You know, like why wouldn't you, you know, jump, jump ship and leave? Um, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. It, it, there, there's a, there's human beings involved for sure. There's relationships that get, that get fractured. There's, you know, work and sweat equity equity that's been poured into whatever it is you're doing. And I, I, I like there, I know they've made changes to the transfer portal, but it's like, you see kids just jumping ship year after year to just get what they want. And I just, Jeff, nothing in our lives Nothing in our lives happens like ramen noodles and right. instantaneous. Nothing. Right. right. For sure. No. So, you know, having the perspective I do now, I kind of like the way it was. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there's several that would disagree and probably a lot more smarter, smarter people who will um, have a better argument I can just tell you what my experience was and my experience was I loved the friends and the new relationships I made at Kansas state. But was that the right decision for me? No, it was not. Mm. Mm. Did, did you, did it ever, and I know you made the decision, right? And, and you guys both went to Augie and you both went there, right? Like, was there ever a time like where you ever either of you ever thought about like, Hey, I'm going to go do this. You can go do that. Or was it never. always like, we're going to stick together no matter what. Never, never. It was always a package. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I see the stories of these kids that like toughed it out and you know, their fifth year or whatever year it is, you know, six year in some cases because of COVID. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, China. Yeah. Um, they, they tough it out and they persevered and I'm, 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 that's, it's admirable to me. I look at them and I'm like, man, those guys toughed it out. They figured out how to get into that system and play in that system and impact that system. And that to me is cooler than saying, well, I jumped three times and I finally got my playing time, but that's the way this world is, is rigged right now. It's all about me and it's all about what can I get? And honestly, Jeff, that's poison. That's poison. Yeah. So anyways, I fell victim to it. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm torn on it. I just am, right? Like, I I, I look at, I, I'm trying to understand both sides of the coin, and I totally agree with you. Yeah, like, at college or at that level, of any athletic, like you have to put in work. Like if you think you're God's gift as all seniors do going into college, they all think they're the fucking bees knees. 
right, and you walk in and it's not easy right away, like, that shouldn't be a reason to transfer. But at the same time, like, I'm four kids, like, who got tricked, right, or were lied to in the process and told, like, hey, you're going to be able to do A, B, C, or D, and blah, 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 and then they get there and they find out the coach is actually an asshole or the program's not what they thought it was, and, like, again, they were just because that that happens a lot, right? Like it is yep. it is not yep. an honest business and you're talking about, you know, most of those conversations are happening with minors. So, I like I like that they have the ability to say, yeah, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And so I shouldn't be held hostage uh to a situation because now I I've, I've gotten a look behind the curtain and I I can see what it is, but I I don't agree with. Oh yeah, well I thought I was going to get playing time and I didn't, and so I'm leaving. Well, work a little harder, earn it. Yeah. You know, and there's no there's no right I there's no right way, there's no wrong way to do it. It just it's the system we're in. I hate seeing it happen so frequently. Like a thousand kids in the football transfer, you know, holy shit. Like that's just that's a lot of a lot of kids. I'm pining for playing time you know, and I'm going to try and find the next situation instead of I'm going to spend some more time in the weight room and in mm-hmm. film study and shit like that. Right. So I don't know, like there's, it'll be, it's going to be interesting to watch like how college athletics transforms over the next five to 10 years with the NIL, the transfer portal, these fucking mega conferences coming into play, you know, like now that the big Ten's going to essentially eat the rest of the country and sec is doing it as yeah. well oh that's all perspective you say the big Ten's going to eat the country well dude they just grabbed know, USC. usc ucla i get it that's what get like it. they're gonna they're gonna their tentacles are gonna spread out like not like they're the best conference i'm not saying that i'm saying they're they're trying to snatch up all it's these smart. other markets and sec is going to do that as well they just grab you know just grab texas and oklahoma what's next for them right like and you're just going to have these two monster conferences that are who knows where it's going to go right gosh man i cannot wait to see jeff i can't wait to see it'll be interesting to watch like and see how it all unfolds hey i saw it today on espn 50 days till college football baby it's so crazy and NCAA 24 is coming out. Right? Like, let's go. Yes. <laughs> I can't hey, wait for that. That's probably what I'm know, most excited about. You, you, you let Ross know next time you talk to him. I ran the option with Brooks Bonder, although you couldn't call him that right. because of NIL. Wisconsin, I could run the triple option on him all day, every day. <laughs> I'm coming for you again this fall if you're listening. Sounds like a sounds like a challenge. Sounds like a challenge. We'll have to set up a little uh a little dynasty or whatever you want to call it and just compete against each other <laughs> nonstop. Oh man. So was what was it what was it like at K State, right? Uh obviously my experience at Augie is mine, right? And you you were part of that program. It was smaller. Right. Uh, so like, what was the experience like at K state, right? Like 
candy store, the travel, the the competent like talk me through that. It, yeah, man. I mean, it honestly, it, it felt very similar. Mm-hmm. It, the world, the world is so small because you're just hanging with your dudes. Yeah, and you just have more access to more things. That's it. Sure. Um, you know, it, it was a good one. I, the friends that I made there are you know, friends for life. They're wonderful human beings, yeah. like good dudes. It was just, it was, you had access to more. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, it, it's, uh, it was, um, it was intimidating in some right that, you know, now you're at this big 12 school that, you know, is playing known entities. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to football games and thinking, Oh my gosh, like, dude, we're, we're literally sitting on the sideline while Carson Palmer just threw an interception at USC and Terrence Newman's picking the ball up and running it down the sideline. And he's coming to our house to party afterwards. Like, so cool. Yeah. Um, it, it uh, no, it was a blocked extra, extra point that he ran back, by the way, I've never seen a human being run faster, by the way, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, as far as the baseball experience, man, I, I fell out of love with baseball probably in November, December, and I just didn't care anymore. I just got to a point where I did not care. I just didn't care. And I, it was so hard being a twin brother with someone who was a Friday night starter in the Big 12. And, you know, I just didn't care. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember going out doing my job in the fall and getting guys out, Jeff, yeah. and having good stuff and then being told, Hey, try this, this uh, split finger. And I'm like, well, my hands are small. And my, and my changeup is, is a split finger. Like you see the guys throwing the Vulcan now yeah. change up. Like I threw mine like that, you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, I just fell out of love with it. And you know, I, that's just God's way of working in your life. And it, you know, the, the, the things happen the way they do. And, like he's not after success and outcomes. Like he's after our hearts. And my heart was like putting baseball and other things on a pedestal. So he's like, well, I gotta, I gotta reshape that. Mm-hmm. Um, but made a lot of really good friends at, at K state. Um, it was a fun school to go to, but I don't like look back at it and say, man, I really missed that. You know, mm-hmm. like, like my Augie days, I look back at the, like what I was describing the fall ball. Like I thought that was heaven on earth, man. Mm-hmm. Like fall ball, freshman, sophomore year. Like that was heaven on earth from, sure. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was fun because you had access to more things. Yeah. That was it. Does that make it better? I, I don't know. I mean, if, as long as you have your group of friends, what does it matter? Like, right, you know, hundred like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is just baseball, like you said, right. And it's, it's playing and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, like, did it, did it start to feel like a job at that point? And it like some of the joy was being sucked out of it or like yeah. what? Yeah. It felt like a job period. It was, yeah. it was, um, the the early morning calisthenics, the early morning weightlifting, the early outs at the ball field, the the getting uh, stewarded at at 
study table to make sure that everybody's getting good grades. Like, yeah, you're working basically Monday through Thursday and then you're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah, it felt like a job. And when you think whether you're right or wrong with this, when you think that your stuff is better than the four other dudes that are pitching, you're like, why, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Like some dude, they just ran some dude out there throwing 82 to 85. Why are they running him out there? They just ran another dude out there throwing 84 to 87. And it, like fastball velocity is not an indicator of success as, as a pitcher. Right. But I pitched, I pitched, I know For I pitched hundred percent. And, and so you just see that over and over after having a fall where you, I felt, yeah, it, there was a, it was a, in my opinion, it was a clear cut. Ross was one. I was two in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Ross is one. I'm two. Cause he just shoved it. And I'll be honest. I had a pretty good fall and to see things take such a quick turn and a sharp turn, you just become disenfranchised. And, and it was like, I remember being in down in, in uh, Florida, we were playing the university of Miami, Ohio at, some tournament down there and I, I went in and I, I just shoved and I was so in 92, 93, like good stuff with a good changeup and get like off speed hitting spots. And I remember the coach coming over and saying, well, you missed this spot and you missed that spot. Like right before we got on the bus and I'm like, dude, I just threw like five scoreless cut out two hit innings. Like, what are you talking about? I remember thinking that in my head, like, how is this possible? Um, but again, it, it, it kind of goes back to, well, I think God had different things in store for my life and sure. he didn't, you know, about baseball wasn't it. Um, it's hard to reconcile when you're 21 years old. Oh uh, yeah. I certainly didn't know it then. I certainly didn't know it then. Right. 100%. So yeah, man, it, like the baseball experience there, it wasn't good. Um, yeah. Was it nice getting cool stuff? Sure. <laughs> Was it, was it nice, um, getting to go to all the, the, you know, basketball games and the football games and, you know, the facilities. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. But when, when you're, when you don't get to play the game that you love so very much and compete and dominate in the game that you love so very much, get the chance. Ah, oh, it was, it was like a root canal, man. Mm-hmm. It was like a root canal. Like every weekend it was a root canal knowing, knowing that at one point you had better stuff than what was being thrown at these other teams and yeah. you weren't getting the chances. It was a root canal. Did you and Ross like talk about that a lot? I would assume. Not really. No, really? No, no, we didn't. We, he, you know, he was very encouraging um, yeah. and very supportive, but dude, I, I, it, I made a conscious decision on my end to just suppress it and deal with it. Like, uh, and you know, I, I, I kind of like made this decision. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go get into the business world and I'm going to destroy and not look back. Sure. And that was kind of the decision I made. Okay. okay. And that was unhealth. That was unhealthy too, my friend. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to process like when you're that age, right? Like that, especially when you know in your heart, right? Like, um, I know I can do this just and there's i can't seem to get the shot because that's all you're probably looking for is the shot well when you get the shot and then you're told that you miss spots i'm like 
that's another level like man thank God. jeff it was it was confusing it For was confusing sure. i'm like what are you talking about man were you looking at the gun were you listening to the catcher's mitt yeah. pop as i was striking these guys out yeah gives a shit if i missed a spot like but but everyone needs to be humbled and clearly jeff mm-hmm. i needed to be humbled i needed to be humbled and i was and it was a humiliating season of life and it 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 brought forth a new perspective of things so um i i'm you know i don't regret it yeah that's a bummer man it was a bummer i remember i remember this i remember watching ross because you know once i kind of like cashed it and i was like whatever i don't care anymore yeah um i remember watching him pitch against texas and baylor and i was doing the gun and i'm watching his stuff and i'm like how are these guys even gonna touch this stuff I mean, we're talking 96 on the black with a just a knockout curveball. And these guys were barreling the ball up. I was like, how are they even doing that? Then Baylor's closer comes in, and he's throwing 100 miles an hour. He, I, we, we clocked him at 101, and we knocked him out of the game and won the game. I'm like, how are these dudes barreling it? It was like these dudes just could hit. Yeah. Like Omar Quintanilla, if that guy ever listens to this podcast, Omar – you had one of the best approaches of the plate I've seen in my entire life. It was amazing. Houston Street came into the uh, game, uh, the all three games against Texas to close out, and he just worked one, two, three, one, two, three. All he did was throw strikes, sinking fastball strikes at ninety-three miles an hour. One, two, three. See you later. I got to watch some guys that were really, really good, and it was fun to watch. I bet. I bet. Like that. The, that's part of like my like my experience at Augie, right? It's just like seeing dudes play at like a high level was like so fun to watch, you know. Like it it just is because you there's an appreciation for like what that is, like when you know what it is and you see it and you're just like, man, that's crazy. How, how did he hit that? Correct. Right? It's like <laughs> how did that how did that guy just hit that? Right. Or how did that guy make that play? Or, you know, look at this pitcher's curveball. Like, it's so tight. Like, it's insane to me. Like, how are they doing that? Yeah, 100%, man. Um, But now, right, like, you, we're past all that. Like, you're a dad now, dude. You got two kids. Yeah. How old are they? Eight and six. Yeah. How, how yeah. fun has that been for you? Oh, man, it's been amazing. I mean, I, I first say that, like, being married – um, being married has been the most challenging relationship that I've ever had in that it, it requires so much work mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, it's, it's not black and white. Like, you know, with, with me and you, when we'd hang out back in the day, you just could be like, Hey man, quiet tonight. Mm-hmm. Or, Hey, we're drinking bush light tonight. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it with with my wife it's there's so much there's there's still so much mystery even though we've been married 11 years on july 21st yeah and but it's so rewarding like hanging out with her like my favorite night of the week is thursday night when we're kind of winding down the work week and she and i will sit down and watch a show or two or three on on netflix or whatever yeah and just just hang out and then adding kids into it, it was, dude, I don't, the first couple of years of life, like, are there any new dads listening? 
Hey man, it's going to suck for like two or three years. It's going to suck. Like it was like Navy SEALs training. I remember like thinking like this could not get harder. Like the sleep deprivation. (laughs) I don't know how Navy SEALs do it. I don't know how special ops. I don't know how you did your, I don't know how you served, man, but, um, it's hard, you know? And now you see them like Ty and I went to X golf tonight. Mm -hmm. We, we went and practiced baseball today. Savannah and Ty and I went to the pool today and you're just having good days of like fun stuff. And, you know, it dawned on me driving him home tonight from X golf. I'm like, he's nine years old in September. I got nine more years with him. Yeah. And, and you know, the first nine really flew by. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, being a dad's the best thing ever. Oh man. I love those kids. They're, they're so uniquely different. But, uh, I mean, Ty's a trip, man. He's got the, he's got the kindest heart ever. Like, I don't know who to compare him to. He's just so he's like Teddy's heart, just really kind to everybody and kind all the time. Savannah is Savannah is just like, you know, sharp, quick witted, Mm -hmm. very into it. Like just, you can't get anything by her. You say something to her and she wants to question it and, um, but I love that because I'm like, man, she's challenging. You know, it's just awesome, man. Being a dad is a freaking best. What was it like, uh, you know, so almost nine years ago now, right? Like your wife's in labor, you're driving to the hospital. What's that day like in your, like for you, if you remember at all? Yeah, we woke up at like one in the morning and we drove into Indianapolis. We were living in Carmel at the time and, um, I was a real struggle coming out. Like it was a long labor and, you know, Allie's a a petite woman and, you know, it was, it was like a, a a struggle. Mm -hmm. Savannah, Savannah, same time of day. So he didn't come out until 8am. We went, we drove into the hospital like 1230 AM. He didn't come out until 8am the next morning. Uh, Savannah, we drove in, 1245 man dude she she came out on the roundabout damn near right by the hospital and Allie hey listen to this boss move we got into the hospital and the nurses were like oh how far apart are the contractions and what's going on Allie's like I'm having this kid and she looked at him she like she was ready to like break her teeth gritting and she grabbed the side of the bed they helped her get out of her clothes. The next thing I know, I'm nurse. You need to catch this baby. She's, he had Savannah standing up. No Holy drugs. Shit. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And just look in her face, Jeff. I've never seen a more determined focused look. I was like, damn man, that looks like Mariano Rivera seven, you know, seven, seventh game of the world series. Like she just, Oh, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't even take my fleece off. You know, I was like still getting comfortable and whatever. And she's like, yell for the nurse. The nurse came in there and had to catch Savannah. That's wild. That's wild. So like, you know, they, they, like when Ty comes out first, right? Like, I don't know about you. Uh, I always heard people be like, oh, it's such a life changing experience and blah, blah, blah. And I, Prior to, I was like, man, that's such bullshit, 
right? Like you're just saying that it can't be that, like, how do you, how are you not already prepared for this and all that stuff? But man, for me, like what it ha- I was, I was like, okay, these people weren't lying. This is like life altering, earth shattering, right? Like just seeing the human now that you've created, right? And like being able to hold him or her and like, was it similar for you or were you like already prepped and like ready to roll? No, I dude, I heard it too. And I thought it was all BS too. Like, Oh yeah. You'll never love somebody so much. And, um, I, I think God creates us to be parents so that we can kind of comprehend the amount of love he has for us. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what we do, no matter what, no matter how bad we mess things up, because as a dad, it doesn't matter like what Savannah or Tide does. Like I'm going to be there tomorrow and I'm going to be loving them just as hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's how we were designed, man. I think we were created in a way that, you know, it, you can't feel that love of a parent um, until you're a parent. Yeah. And I think we're designed that way, my friend. I really do. For sure. Like, like it should, there should be some curiosity around why do I have that serious? Like, cause when you get married, Jeff, don't get me wrong. Like I love Allie. Like I I'll walk through anything for her. Like she is the most like amazing human being I know. And I love her absolutely dearly. When you have a kid, it's like, no, I wouldn't. If, if, if it was me or, or that kid on the line right now, like mm-hmm. take me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think that's, we were created in God's likeness and he, 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 he puts it in us to show like, this is how much I love you. I believe that. It's a, it's, it's amazing. A, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a good way of like putting it right. Um, in that, like there's no way to comprehend it, uh, until you've experienced it. Yeah. Like, and that was by design. Cause it was by design, you know, like, uh, spirituality or what, you know, like who, whatever, right? Like whatever it is, right? Like if you're, if you don't believe in that, fine, whatever. Right. So like from a uh, nature standpoint, then, right. You have to have that as well, because otherwise, as you mentioned, right, like those first few years are super tough. And if it's not like biologically, like encoded into you, you know, like that this thing is that important to you. Think of how many people would just be like, fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. Right. Like good luck. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like, oh. but you can't because it, it's, it's just part of your nature and it's part of how you were built. Right. And, and part of that whole experience, man. Yeah. Like you, did it, you, 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 you feel that, um, when your kids were born, did you feel that like with each one of them, just like, Oh, I, I'm, what were you feeling? Um, yeah, it was just, it was just, uh, um, this overwhelming emotion. I, I, I don't even, you can't, again, I can't describe it. Like there's no way to put it into words, but it, when you hear people say it's life altering and all that, like it truly is like everything changes the second that you know, you're holding your son or your daughter for the first time and, you know, you gain like new perspective. Um, you know, you can think you're the toughest person in the world. Man, I was a 
fucking watery mess that day, right? Just like crying constantly because like it's like holy shit like this is my son right and yeah you know like you there's no there's just nothing you can uh there's no words right i just remember this overwhelming feeling like of emotion right and you know looking at my dad crying with him like crying with my mom like jen and i were crying like it's just like this is so cool it's such a cool thing that we just created you know what i mean like by the grace of god right like whatever it is right like the fact that that exists because we're here and all the ridiculous decisions we've made in our life that have led us to here and this is the this is that culmination of that and then this is the next culminate and it's just like so incredible it's such an incredible experience to go through yeah does that make you, does that experience make you curious about like, like why does this happen? Like what's going on? Oh, a hundred percent, man. Like I'm curious about, like about that all the time. Right. Yeah. Like the, you know, I'm a, I'm a, like you in some respect, like super uh, analytical. Right. And I, I look at things like in like, what's the likelihood of, anything occurring right and the likelihood of any of us ever existing at all is so incredibly small um that it's hard you can't comprehend it you know what i mean there is no explanation for it because there's so many decisions over the course of all of history right that have led any of us to where we're at in our life and then the chances of that those people being born or like it's just so infinitesimally small yeah uh people take it for granted yeah well said man you know i never thought of it like that all those decisions and all the happenstance things yeah it it it's all right like it's all part of it right like are you where you're at if your mom and dad don't go to south dakota hell no no. Right. Like every little thing, right. Like goes yeah. into all of this little shit and it's, it just goes back generationally too. Yep. Right. Like and that you exist. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Right. If, 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 if Tom doesn't ask Debbie out on new year's Eve back in the seventies, like am I here? Yeah. That's why the yeah, answer's he's, no. he's, a, he's a good, he's a good author, man. He's a good author. The answer is no. Right. Like we don't. Right, or at least not this version. Yep, some version of you somewhere out there, maybe did. I don't know, but yeah, like it's it's wild, dude. It's wild, hundred percent, man. So getting deep, getting deep in yeah, here. Yeah, we got a little, we got a little off track. Um, you got any good? Well, no, we already did the dad jokes when we had a little Facetime calls. <laughs> I don't have any good ones, man. Don't ask me that. <laughs> I, I embarrass my kids now whenever I just try to sing or dance in public. They're like, oh, my gosh. Give me a break, Dad. But you got to, right? Like, I lean into it all the time. Dude, like, you, you just want to be like, do you realize you're, I'm not uncool, kids? Do you realize that? <laughs> At and some point like, in my yeah, life, not, I was a cool guy. I, I swear to you, 100%, man. But yeah, no, like, I'll sing, with, I'll sing Taylor Swift with Jocelyn all the time. Right, like we'll just be jamming in the car to that, or you know, like Jack and I, like we'll watch wrestling together, and you know, 
oh, I can't believe that guy won. You know, like I hype it up. I, I get into it even though I know it's all scripted and all that bullshit, you know, but I lean into it if they're into it. 100%, yeah. man. It's fun. Yeah, you just, yeah, you have to. We, we had uh, Ty, my son, and then um, Ross's boys, uh, Ryder and Kaiser. We were going to uh, Japanese hibachi this week while they were in town. And we threw on some Dr. Dre. Let's go. Not the not the clean version. Oh, Biggie, and then they uh, still listen to Jay Z. And these boys' eyes were wide open. It was like, <laughs> "Here you go, boys." Yeah. Yeah, you want a you want an education? <laughs> Here you go. Oh man, it was hilarious. Listen to these kids. Listen to that music. It's like, man. You have this whole world in front of you, and you're just now starting to see it. Absolutely. And some of my favorite stuff, too, is, like, I'll play, like, Nirvana to Jack Ooh. or, you know, Pearl Jam. Like, you name it, right? Like, just any of the bands we go. He's like, this is good. I'm like, I know it is. I'm trying to teach you. <laughs> like, you know this- what ties hype music for baseball this year? Under the Bridge, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh. And then – it's followed by can't stop. And then he listens to tell me baby. I'm like, buddy, you don't know how cool this is. Just keep doing it. Absolutely, man. I love that. Love that dude. Love that. Um, well, brother, we've got a, a solid hour 45 here. Uh, you got anything else you want to chop up? Anything I want to chop up. Um, no man, I I felt like we didn't give the uh, some of the other uh, dudes that we used to uh, ball with their due last time we did the the five way. Um, I mean, there was a lot of gloves shared, but mm-hmm. like I think some of the older guys. I listened to that podcast, which by the way, Jeff, man, I don't know how you do this. Like you talk about a gift, I don't know how you do it. Have the questions and keep the conversation rolling. Dudes are nervous getting on here with you, knowing that people are going to listen to them. Um, but I, I would just say, you know, there were, there were a lot of like older dudes that we learned from uh-huh. when we, when we got to Augie and they just were good dudes. I mean, I think it like Ben's and Damaro, they would have us over to their house and, you know, we drink yeah. old, old mud, Andrew you know? Johnson, Johnson, uh, uh, T.Y. Dalai Lama, yeah. like, I mean, Sibo, Omi, like these guys were, I hope you have them on because I want to hear them and what their experience was. Um, but as far as stuff I want to chop up, no, man, you, you, <laughs> it's shock. It's shocking to me how suited you are for this. I appreciate that. I mean, we're just, it's just two guys who've known each other for a while, hanging out and talking, right? It's easy. I, it, well, you make it sound easy, and the way you make it sound, it's like it's like watching Omar Biscale, young kids listening, turn a double play. Like it looks easy, it isn't easy. Uh, it's fun, man. Like uh, it's exciting. It's uh, it's a new passion for sure, right? That has like ignited some fire creatively, right? How are you? Hey, how are you? How are you feeling? How's everything going health wise? Good, man. Yeah, things are good. Um, fuck, I haven't like had any issues 
you know, knock on wood in like five years, four years. So I feel good, dude. And I try not to think about it. If I'm being honest, right? Cause like that was a whole cycle that took me a while to get out of, of, you know, Oh man, I'm feeling under the weather. Does that mean like it's coming back? You know, just that negative mentality of thinking of like the worst, like constantly. So it's good that I'm like, I, I'm glad to be past that mentally. Um, cause that, that was probably a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, um, yeah, no, I'm doing well, doing well. And yeah, man, I, I, I'm having so much fun doing this, like with everybody and just jumping on and just shooting the shit, dude. And like catching up and yeah, like there's no, there's not enough time in the world to talk about like everybody that we played with, uh, unfortunately. Right. And <laughs> it's impossible, dude. Yeah. Like it, but you know, I, t- I talked to Kirsch, uh, or when he was on and like, just being so thankful of like the environment that we walked into, right. That was like, uh, I give him a lot of credit for, and then he, you know, likewise, he, he gave his older upperclassmen a lot of credit for, right. Like, just like creating this like family culture, culture, you know, and this culture that like everybody was on the team. There wasn't this, Oh no, we're seniors. So we don't care about the freshmen, right? Like mentality or any of that. Right. And that made that experience and everybody who contributed to that, as you mentioned, right? Like Sevy and Omi, like and going to their house and like, you know, Wilbur and like it, it, cause we were so all, we were all so different, but it all felt so normal, you know, to like, just hang out. Yeah. You know, like it, it was a testament to that, to where we, what we walked into. And I'm super thankful for it because it made it a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You know, Sevy and Omi did a great job with Sebo. No question. You talk about culture, carrying that forward. It was like kind of cursed. Did I ever tell you the story of, of, I know we're at the end here, of me on my recruiting trip and how that went? Who'd you stay with? Uh, Lake Van Gilder. Oh boy. Okay. Remember that, um, dude. but I remember walking into, uh, I think it was Kirsch's house at the time mm-hmm. and it was like snowy out. And I literally walked on the first step to go down into the basement to the party. Biffed it, man. I, I, I ate it all the way down the stairs <laughs> into the party. And Jay Kirsch was like, he's here, folks. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. These are the, this is the one we got to sign, so do your best. The, the, yeah, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, look at this idiot. Ignore that. Ignore what just uh, happened. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That cult, that culture that they passed down, we passed down. Um, I mean, that's what makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, 100%, man. Like, cause it, if it had been like high schoolish, right. Where like the seniors kind of like, don't, you know, they don't want to hang out with the freshmen. That would have been tough. Yeah. It'd have been weird. Super weird, dude. Super and we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have gone there. We'd have gone to some junior college in Iowa. Or- right. hundred percent. All right, brother. Um, 
yeah, I'll let you get back to to your family. I appreciate you taking the time. It means a ton that that you that you jumped on, and I look forward to doing this with you again, doing it with all the dudes again, and just yeah, man, keeping this going, man. Like we got some good momentum here collectively, and I want to keep doing it. <laughs> hey, buddy, we we got to do one of those uh, joint calls again soon. Hundred percent, man. It was so much fun. I was super yeah. hungover the next day, but it was so much fun. Oh, it was a terrible next day. <laughs> but you know what? I was glowing from, you know, like yeah. glowing from hanging out with you guys. I mean, my goodness, I hadn't seen Teddy forever. I haven't talked. Hey, Andy's coming here end of July, staying here oh, nice. uh, in Indiana on his way to Ohio. So that's awesome, um, man. I have you, I have you to thank for that, buddy. Appreciate yeah. that. Guess what? His traps are still absurd. God, man, that guy's something different, isn't he? He's just a beast. <laughs> he, he's like a computer programmer, leader, director, or whatever. I don't know what his title is. He is. Can you imagine that, like, the people that report to him are just yeah. like, yes, sir, Goldberg, sir. Yeah. He's just like, oh. he just like flexes <laughs> on him. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> what, do you, what do you call those traps? What do you, what do you call those when you would, like, shrug, shrugs? That's yeah, what they're called. Yeah. It's you all he did Andy, in college. Andy still does shrugs. <laughs> Non-stop, apparently. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. All right, buddy. So good. All right, brother. Uh, well, tell the fam hello for me, and thank you. And, uh, yeah, dude, I love you, and it means the world that you jumped on, brother. Yeah, buddy. Love you, too. Thanks uh, for doing this, Jeff. Appreciate you, man. 100%, man. Everybody listening, like, share, comment, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Be good.